Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back after three weeks to Canucks After Dark. I hope you are all doing well, and as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, I know I say this after every absence, but I miss you, man. I know, yeah, we three weeks ago we were together because we missed two weeks ago. We missed last week, but we are back together, reunited. Never felt so good. We are both globetrotting in certain ways, but... Um, Everything's fine. I'm in a good place. I'm rested. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's been a busy couple of weeks. I had a work trip, and then last week I got sick from my work trip. So oh. uh, we're feeling good. I've been uh, away from Canucks hockey for a while, which maybe helped my health. And uh, and it's good. It's good to be back. So normal. And even today, like you look, you look fresh, but you also look like you've been quite busy today. Yeah, uh, I got off the ice about 40 minutes ago. So it is it was uh, eight o'clock game after skiing this morning. It's been it's been a crazy few days, but it's good to be back. Yes, and as many of uh, you guys know, and I was Park and I were just talking quickly before we pressed the record button. That you guys know, I was in Dallas all week, uh, all the weekend, speaking at a youth conference. So that was kind of cool to get back on the road doing that kind of thing. A couple trips a year, and yeah, my hotel and conference center was right next to the Dallas Stars practice facility. So um, I didn't get to see the Stars, although I saw the remnants of their Dyson Ice version. Their their um, their fundraiser last night, which is kind of cool. I saw people in and out, nice cars, blah, blah, blah. And I was able to go in there on Friday and, and walk around during a public skate. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's just cool. And there's a Dallas, the stars are never going to be massive, Parker, in that part of the world, right. just because you have the Cowboys and the Rangers and even the Mavs. But they know, even they know that they're, they're number one in the central right now, or at least battling for number one. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're a strong team. I mean, they are. You know, they're, they're what, eighth in the league right now, which is yeah. uh, a little bit better than, than our team. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> It's okay. But yes, and it's funny, uh, already the first two of the first five comments were about you missing and saying maybe you is smart because uh you're you're on team Bedard already. Sure am. And yeah, it's uh it's been again such a crazy couple of weeks with a move and then a work trip and then this yep. last week I've been I've been under the weather and just resting really. And uh yeah, I haven't watched any Canucks hockey. Wow. Which is great as the host of a Canucks based podcast. <laughs> Um, but I figured every time it's on, I've been like, I've been like, like I can do something different. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't like watching and cheering for goals for the other team. Right. But I do like checking my phone and being like, oh, they're losing. Good. Yeah. And I'm not experiencing any of the pain because I'm not watching. Um, so it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird vibe for me right now. You know, th that's a really good point. And I, and, uh, I'm not just saying this to, cause you don't need me to stick up for you. I think maybe that echoes not everyone, but I, I certainly think that echoes uh, a certain portion of this fan base, Parker, who uh, they, they've checked out in one way. They've checked out from a result standpoint, from a Canucks wanting to win, as you kind of hinted at, but they're checked in from a standpoint of literally checking in on scores from around the league to see how the other five teams that we're battling with for the to maneuver in this bottom six, how they do. And even tonight, uh, the Ducks got a point and yeah. the Sharks won. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is actually really exciting to to be following all these other teams that are doing a little bit better than expected. I mean, you look at the bottom really seven teams right now, right? Uh, Montreal, Arizona, Vancouver, San Jose, Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim. Yes. And they've all won either four or five of their last 10, right? Everyone is actually playing pretty competitive right now. Um, which is making it really interesting because yeah, you see those results like, oh, Anaheim stole a point. Oh, San Jose <laughs> got the win. And these last couple of days, there's been, you know, Columbus pulling out points, uh, Arizona leapfrogging Vancouver. Um, you know, Arizona's only won or only lost one game in regulation of their last 10. They're five, one, and four in what? their last 10. So they've pulled out 14 points in their last 10 games, which is huge. Uh, and that's that's the reason that they are now uh, one point ahead of Vancouver. And wow. yeah, following it in that regard and also sort of following the Islanders trajectory um, yeah. is a completely different way to, I wouldn't really say enjoy the sport because I'm not really watching much hockey right now, but yep. it, it's, it's at least interesting, right? They're not 19th in the league, which right. is, which is nice, right? It's what, it's what we wanted. It was either be bad or be good. Don't be yep. middling forever. Yep. And let's say, yeah, St. Louis is seven points ahead of us. So that's, when you're this bad, all these teams, it's not like one team is going to suddenly win five straight. So I, I don't worry 
well, the Canucks making that gap. So you know how we talked about six teams. Let's throw Montreal into that mix because they have 50, Arizona has 49, and we have 48, and San Jose has 47. So you have four teams within four points, and then the three really bad teams, all at 41, Chicago, Columbus, and Anaheim. So uh, you could argue that there are seven teams then that I think are going to be part of this, what we call Bedard sweepstakes. And, uh, and it's so funny. You're right, Parker. You take away the Arizona Coyotes. The other six teams in those seven have all won four regulation in in the past 10 so no one is breaking away but no, like either way no one is going way up or no one is going way down uh, maybe this is what we should expect for the rest of the year is just a kind of like a 400 points percentage all the way along for these yeah seven teams. now one of the problems for vancouver is they do yeah. have the canucks do have one of the easiest schedules here on out in the league oh. i think it was second easiest third easiest in the nhl okay. which isn't ideal However, they really have a, some time in this next couple of weeks to make some hay towards the bottom of this, uh, this, this standings, right? They've yep. got Nashville tomorrow, middling yep. team. Yep. St. Louis, kind of middling Sucks. right now. Yeah. Not great. But then they get Boston, Dallas, Minnesota, Toronto, right? Ooh. Four teams that are quite a ways ahead of Vancouver right now, yep. right? Um, and then so, and then the schedule gets a little bit easier from there. So, a chance to get some losses and a chance mm -hmm. to maybe fall down to the bottom four, right? You know, San Jose mm -hmm. is really that that bottom edge, and then it has to really fall apart to get down to the Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim tier. But you know, I mean, it, w again, even if your percentage odds only go up one or two, you're still improving your pick. Um, yeah. You know, to go from fifth to fourth, and yeah. maybe a guy like Mitchkov's available. Maybe you know something crazy happens in the draft, and I, I doubt Fantilli's dropping, but maybe something like that does happen, right? Yeah, and yep. uh, and it just gives you more opportunity. Good point, and and you know what? What's interesting, and Parker, this one could be more free flowing because there's no way we're gonna recap the seven games over the past two weeks, especially because you didn't watch any of them. But I am curious, is sort of what storylines, even from a peripheral, recovering from sickness, traveling, what storylines have you been kind of tracking? Is it the way that Talkett is trying to put a stamp on the team? Is it the way that Beauvillier is actually outscoring Horvat since the trade? Is it Archer Seelov's getting his win? Like what sort of things at least have kind of piqued your interest? Yeah, the, the big, the big things have been like the Thatcher Demko stuff, right? Where yeah, yeah. You know, he was close to being back and then, you know, had a setback and, you know, seemingly a lot of setbacks for the, for the Canucks right now. And yeah. I mean, they're at the point where, you know, if, if you're, if you guys not 110%, like why bother? Right. Don't, mm -hmm. don't go throwing Demko back in there to steal you a couple of points and then get hurt again. Right. Um, right, right. So it, it's been that it, it's been obviously Bavilia's play. And, and for me thinking like, well, can we just flip them? <laughs> right. Like, like so many wingers <laughs> and there's all this talk about Besser Garland, et cetera, the, the glut of wingers that the Canucks have yep. where, you know, Bavilia's got a, a pretty, you know, you know, there's some money on that contract for this year and next year. Um, yeah, if there's an opportunity there to, you know, maybe ship him off to a team that's that's looking at, um, you know, adding a winger. And, and again, wingers aren't super valuable, but maybe you get right. something. Um, yeah. You know, there's been talk around JT Miller again, which is always interesting. So a lot of stuff like that where, you know, names are being sort of thrown around and much less the individual results of of each game. Yeah, no, that that's a good point, and so I, I'm glad you mentioned the Demko thing. So, not only was it interesting, Parker, that they they say he suffered a tweak last Thursday, still going on this quick two game road trip. So they're taking three goalies, leaving um, Abbotsford, where Spencer Martin who got shelled today, and uh, and the backup guy who I've never even heard of. But Demko also uh, had a quick uh, presser. Demko also, oh, oh my, <laughs> my phone just went off. Uh, my phone. Oh, it's weird. My phone just started playing our show. This is a smartphone. And then a uh, smartphone. Basically, Demko saying, uh, flat out denying the rumors that that he ever asked to be traded or ever asked to be wanted out. So it, it kind of sucks, eh? The fact that he's got to come out and say that, but um, mm -hmm. I'm not blaming the media, but you never know if there's a little bit of smoke, a little bit of fire, but you know it's not the perfect, solid situation when you have players having to come out and deny trade requests. Yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> and you know, you get, you know, you start looking at, at where this Canucks team is, trade deadline is less than two weeks away now, right? So, and yeah. that's going to be probably a big topic for us next next week. Is you know how much is actually going to happen that next week? I'm sure a lot of things will probably happen this week because that seems to be sort of the trend. Is mm -hmm. might as well get the guy earlier and get more games out of him. Uh, you got big trades like Tyler Mott uh, yeah. <laughs> earlier yeah. today or yesterday, whatever that was. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see what what can the Canucks do because. 
you if you if you pull more pieces off of this roster, right? Twenty six games to go, uh, and even if maybe it's twenty games by the time that um, that trade deadline rolls around, yeah. um, you know, drop losing a guy like uh, Connor Garland or Bovillier mm-hmm. or or whoever you're thinking of dumping, if Tyler Myers is still name is still maybe floating around a little bit, um, if you can make the team worse in that time, right? That also yeah. helps in yes. in theory. Exactly. And by the way, I know because of uh, your quick setup tonight, you don't have the stream open. I, good thing I do because I, I just realized everyone's saying uh, Coach Rob. Hi, Coach Rob gifts five. Count them five Canucks after dark memberships. Thank, Thank you, you Coach Rob. Rob. Yeah, for your response, uh, for your support. And Peter Japan for Jaskarin, Brad, and Kai are the proud recipients of new memberships to the channel. So thank you. Excellent. Right, right now it's emojis, right? And it's a, it's a badges, but uh, we will look to beef that up. As, as the Canucks beef up, we will beef up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Canucks have to earn it. All right. And then we'll, then we'll, then we'll upgrade. Um, that's awesome. So that's what, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, yeah, you so, mentioned, a, you, sorry, you mentioned a great point about the, the wingers and, and you're right. They're, they're, there's, there's a, you just have to look, the Canucks are perfect microcosm. There's, they have a glut or bevy, whatever word you want to use of kind of overpriced wingers. And we know that the market isn't great for a winger, whereas opposed to a Horvat was, was able to, to get a lot. So um, that Bouvillier one's interesting because yes, he's actually played quite well. He's fit in seamlessly with PD yet. Isn't that the kind of uh, whether it's saving 4 million next year or flipping him next season, they got two trade deadlines where technically they can play with it a little bit. Right now, he does fall right into that range of age that they were looking for. Right, he's twenty five. Yeah. He's got one more, but again, you know, he's he's making four point one five million, and then mm. after next season, he's a UFA. Now, yeah, I don't see like a big raise coming. Right, like I I would assume his next contract's probably going to stay around four. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's he's a thirty five, maybe forty point guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's about four million dollars worth. So if they want to extend him, but again the thing is they just have too many wingers right they need to allocate more money to different areas of the team to improve those, those different areas of the team uh and yeah if you're if you pull up the cap friendly page and you start to see <laughs> how many wingers are making how much money um you know you start to realize that you know someone is going to have to be moved and it's mm. probably not just one um you know whether it's miller garland bovillier um besser right those four are sort of the ones that make money um yeah if you can clear out some something there um bavillier is a pretty probably a pretty easy flip i would imagine yeah yeah no that's a really good point yes um because it, yeah he'll be an easy flip because it'll be teams will will kind of want him for the same reason we did you're right is he's 25 yeah you wouldn't even say reclamation project because it's not like he's he sucked he just kind of being kind of in the second tier of players with the Islanders for the longest time. By the way, speaking of wingers versus centermen, Sager's Rage, I hope I'm saying that right, $5 donation, thank you. And Parker, he says this, Canucks should trade JT Miller, and we know that his no trade doesn't kick in until July the 1st, so there's still time. He is not a centerman, but a winger, and he is not part of the core. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I don't think JT Miller is a centerman. I think he's been better on the wing every single time that we've seen it. Um I think that contract is going to be an albatross. It's probably fine right now, but the mm-hmm. Canucks also aren't good right now. And I've, I've, you know, we said last year they should trade him. They should trade him. They should trade him. They didn't. And now, if they have an opportunity to get out of it again, I, I just, I think they should. Um, it's just, it's tough to swallow, right? There's the whole sunk cost fallacy of, you know, you didn't trade him last year when the ask was pretty big right when mm-hmm. it might have mm-hmm. been like was he on the first from from the rangers or whatever it might have been from any other team that's the real part that would hurt where it's like you're probably not getting much for him at this point yeah because he does make so much money but yes. you are clearing up a bunch of room yeah dude um his play you know his play has been pretty good since talkett's come in mm-hmm. uh we're talking about miller of course and then and then uh um, uh, yeah, I, I've seen actually better effort on defense. You know, someone said, uh, <laughs> the question was, is JT Miller the most hated, I, I, the most hated Canuck in the history of the franchise? No, uh, no I don't think so either. I, I you know, uh, Messier was certainly hated. I, by the way, have you been listening to Scott Rintil's podcast? It's pretty good. 
Not yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you'll love it as a as a you know as a kind of a stats guy, and a, he he's great. Anyways, but yeah, he 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 spends a lot of time talking about Messi, of course, building up to the West Coast Express. For Tannen, it was hated such a strong word, but but I don't even put Miller in that category yet because he Not does a lot of good things for this team as well, and he's the type where I honestly think with another ninety nine point season or even a, an eighty point season with less like meltdowns and broken sticks, I actually think he could easily. Get the fans back on his side if they're not already. Yeah, JT Miller's just bad at optics, right? <laughs> he's a he's a he's a really good hockey player. Yeah, that is probably going to be overpaid in the last half of his contract. Right. Um, that gets emotional and it it turns it rubs people the wrong way. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, JT Miller in a vacuum is a totally fine hockey player that you're happy to have on your team, maybe around seven million bucks a year, six and a half million bucks a year for yeah. the you know for the next five years but not the next eight right yep. that's where yep. that's where the problem starts to lie uh but that's not jt miller's fault <laughs> right yeah. that's on management for giving him that deal uh, you know not on him for signing it so um yeah i don't point. think i don't think miller's given any reason to be in that level of of hatred <laughs> i think he there's just the optics are are usually not ideal yep so he's been playing so it's kind of cool like Obviously, you're very smart. Just because you haven't seen a couple games doesn't mean you you forgot what happened with the Canucks. But I, I get to say stuff to you and get to see reaction and just trust I'm not BSing you. So so Pedersen and and Bovillier have kind of stayed together, right? And mm -hmm. they've flopped everyone between. They've tried Besser, Kuzmenko, Puckos, and basically those three. Miller has always had either Garland at his, as his winger or most recently Besser. So they've been rolling out a Miller-Besser-DiGiuseppe line. And... And Coach Rick Talkett absolutely loves Di Giuseppe, even though he messes up his name. And by the way, he still thinks the guy's name is Joshua Dakota, by the way, not Dakota Joshua, but that's, a, that's another story. Um, it's confusing, <laughs> all right? Two first names. So Di Giuseppe, uh, and, and Talkett says, it might not last forever, but he's, he's doing fourth line things on a second line right now, and he loves them. So when I say to you, Miller, Besser, Di Giuseppe, what do you say? It's weird, but also, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I would, if it was, if we're talking about like them trying to push for a Stanley Cup, I'm like, man, we're putting Di Giuseppe on the second line. We've <laughs> we've got to go pick someone up. Um, look, I think you know, I've liked Di Giuseppe in like I remember training camp last year, right? When yeah. when we were there, and he yes. he kind of stood out a little bit, right, alongside Will Lockwood, and, and it was like, all right, this guy is, you know, he's got a fun name, and he and he seems decent. And, um, you know, if he can keep up, that's great. Um, yes. is it a permanent solution? Absolutely not. Is it, and like, are you going to, are you going to trade Phil D Giuseppe for something? Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a weird, like fun story, um, and a fun idea, but I mean, right now it's just filling the, the gap of, of a lost Bo Horvat right. that, you know, now they're going to, you know, they're going to sign someone new in free agency. They're going to trade some people away. It's yeah. not going to last forever, but I mean, it's good for him, right? Maybe it mm -hmm. maybe it gives Phil DiGiuseppe a, a one-way contract next time he signs, right? Or something along yeah. those lines. That could be big for him. That's actually a really good point. That's a really good point. And then you have DiGiuseppe on the second line. So what that really means is then whoever's not in the top lines, one of Garland, Besser, or Pod Colson then falls to the third line. So the third line, just in the most recent game, was, here, check this one out, Stadnika between Pod Colson and Garland. So there's your third line. Stadnika yeah. between Podkolzin and Garland. Yeah. And I don't hate that. Um, yeah. Again, I think, you know, Podkolzin hasn't been phenomenal, right? Yeah. Um, and really, Garland's been fine, but mm -hmm. has lost a lot of that luster that mm -hmm. I think he had when, when the Canucks picked him up. Yeah. Um, part of that is probably the association with Oliver ekman Larson, but he just he also just hasn't stood out very much, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that seems like a fine third line. Honestly, um, yeah. like that's the third line I would be happy with on a on a team that's like making a playoff push. Yeah. The problem is that, you know, one of them is down there because Phil DiGiuseppe is on the second line. <laughs> so, you know, you lose some of that playoff capability. <laughs> and I've been dying to tell you that your boy, Neil Zaman, was recalled and he's been playing mm -hmm. between uh, Dakota Joshua or Joshua Dakota, if you're Rick Tockett. And then it was Lazar before Lazar got hurt, hurt in the same game that Oyel got hurt. We'll get to the D in a second. So Lazar and then Dries dropped from third line center where she was playing at, but he basically no good there. 
at least defensively. And then now it was uh, Dries and Joshua flanking Oman as the fourth line guy. And then Will Lockwood was just activated. So he's another option for them as well. So basically a bunch of fourth line players battling for fourth line minutes. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't yeah. have much to, I don't have much to add there. <laughs> you gotta be happy about Niels Oman though. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, he's uh, I mean, look at his stats here. His last 10 games, he's got five points. That's yeah. great. Uh, he's a plus three. That was yep. a big, a not big knock on him when he when he got sent down. Is his plus yep. minus was pretty bad, but uh, he's turned that around a little bit. Um, you know that that time the HL might have done him some good, um, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he can be a, a solid, you know, fill in on the third, but mainly a fourth line guy. Right. Um, it's kind of exactly what he was signed to do. So it's good that good that he's getting another look. Okay, so let me tell you about the D in general then I would love to hear your thoughts. And then people in the chat keep going. Great conversation happening. Everything from Bedard to tanking to, to line mates. Okay, so Hughes and Bear have been solid as your, I guess, your top pairing. Then Stillman and Myers have been, uh, not solid, but they've been welded together as your third pairing. Your second pairing was OEL and Shen, but then OEL got hurt two games ago. But Travis Dermott was play, placed on IR again with, hope, I guess, reoccurring head injuries. And they don't trust Kyle Burrow. So... Christian Wolanin got in. So it was mm-hmm. Wolanin and Shen as your um as I guess your your second pairing and then Stillman and Myers, however you want to do it. So that's your that's your top six right now, Parker. It's it's Hughes, Bear, Wolanin, Shen, Stillman, Myers. That does not scream championship caliber defenseman. Yeah, it's a disaster. <laughs> right? <laughs> like it just is. And I love Hughes. I love Bear. I think Wolanin's yeah. great. Yeah. And that's about it, <laughs> right? It's uh, yeah, it's 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 been the issue from this team since day one of the season. It's been the issue with this team now. It's always been the defense, and yeah. nothing new. There's nothing new here. Uh, the defense <laughs> is atrocious, and it will continue to be until something changes, right? Um, and yeah, there's not much that they can do about it right now. But yeah. it's uh, it's going to be the reason that they lose quite a few games here on yeah. out. And you know, uh, Parker, I've told you know how much I like Travis Dermott, how much I was excited when we got him for basically nothing last year, third round mm-hmm. or whatever. And then, and then he he starts the season on the IR because he he gets a knock in a preseason, not even in, in a training camp. And then he got in for like only eight to ten games, and basically, uh, at first I thought it was performance related, but it sounds like it was injury related. So what happens, man, if he doesn't if he barely plays, and then you have to make a decision on this player as an RFA at the end of the season? Will he even have enough runway to show what he can do? Yeah, and I don't know what the QO is. I think it's yeah. one seven five. Okay, if okay. I'm not mistaken, that's his salary for this season. Um, but I I know they changed the rules on that, and I'm not sure. But yeah, it's tricky, right? He's going to be 26 mm-hmm. at the start of next season, turning 27. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been fine. Yeah. Um, but he's one of the easiest pieces to just get a, just hit the reset button on and, and go a different direction. Right. True. If you're looking at this and saying, okay, the defense is a disaster. We shouldn't, we should bring back as few people as possible, <laughs> even though Dermot hasn't really been a part of it. Unfortunately, you know, I can see why that would be uh, an easy tie to cut. Yeah. Um, however, on Travis Dermot's side, like he can't be asking for much, right? Like he yeah. can't be, he, he's played 11 games this season. Uh, you know, he, there's no, there, there's no raise incoming, right? He's not making two and a half next yeah. year. Yeah. Um. So it, it seems like a decent opportunity for you know a one year bridge, right? You know he's an RFA, so you could flip him at the in the off season. But uh, yeah, it seems it seems like a great candidate for like a a one year one seven five. You know, come back, give it a shot, see if you're okay, and and go from there. Right, right, right. No, I, and by the way, I just want to, oh, I wonder if I should dive in. Yeah, yeah, because I'm a man of peace. Uh, there's there's some <laughs> there's some uh, discussion in our chat, Parker, about OEL, uh, you know, the, the kind of sarcastic but not really thing of we need OEL to come back from injury so he can help us with the tank. Others, uh, you know, hoping that he doesn't come back, which I think is a little bit mean-spirited. But uh, yeah, just so everyone knows, if you're not on, uh, if you're on regular, just out, you're still count against the salary cap. If you're on injured reserve, that isn't injured reserve still against the salary cap. It's not, it's long-term. That's not correct. 
Right. I think yes, injured yeah. reserve opens the roster spot. Right, but you 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 still count the cap hit. That's correct. It's yeah. only once you move to long term. There's it's not a perfect dollar for dollar. There's a calculation, but the point is you don't really get cap relief until you place that player on long term. And speaking of salaries, Parker, as you're talking about, you know, qualifying Dermot and stuff, we we don't have to talk about OEL and Meyer's salary. We we know those are kind of inflated. But man, uh, Ethan Barrett 1.8, that's pretty good. But I see Riley Stillman at 1.35, where Shen's only at 850. So you're telling me that Stillman makes 500 grand like half a million more than shen that's crazy to me yeah that that riley stillman uh deal again like it's overpay your your good players and and you're probably going to be fine right yeah if elias Pettersson makes one or two million dollars too much or jt miller makes one or two million dollars too much that's fine because you don't have many of them but when mm. when you start having these other guys making a million dollars too much right that's where it starts to add up if you have like 12 guys doing that yeah um so you know you look at you know, Ethan Bear again, like that's fine, right? 1.8, whatever. You look at, um, you know, Kyle Burrows is going to be a UFA, but 750, one out of 750. But yeah, it's the real problems are, you know, Riley Stone at 1.35, not really a big <laughs> issue, but do you want that on the books next year? Probably right. not. But right. again, it's it's probably not worth paying to get rid of because it's it's over next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's the, the Tyler Myers No EL deals, right? That's just it. Yeah. it and it's, it's a killer. Yep. Yep. Oh, by the way, I kind of like the way the show's going. It's like a, it's like a catch up. It's like we're getting to know each other once again, and that's kind of tongue in cheek. But we kind of talked about the the forwards. We kind of talked about the D. Let's talk about the goaltending for a few minutes, and then and then whatever else we want to talk about. And that and that actually, this is going pretty well. So you probably know that Demko hasn't played yet. You know that Martin really struggled. He lost like ten in a row in regulation. Yeah. Helps the tank. Delia was his crazy up and down self, and then they play. They brought up Seelovs, and yep. in doing so. He didn't have the best game against the Rangers, although that's a very talented team. <laughs> and then he shut the door um, on, against Philly, not not as good of a team. But Silas looked pretty good. He only let in two goals, in, in, and yeah. he got his first win. Yeah. So yeah, your thoughts? 35, 35 saves yeah. on 37. Uh, that's yeah. great. Um, you know, sixth-round pick, 21 years old, and he's just constantly been, like, accelerated, right? Yes. Like, yes. on this accelerated curve. Like, all right, now you're in the AHL. You know, because you were because you were doing well, right? Gets gets AHL games last year um, after playing in Latvia, playing in the coast, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then and then getting NHL time and and somewhat holding your own, right? Get sure you got you got beat up by the Rangers pretty good. Um, <laughs> again, keep in mind he does not have a defense in front of him, <laughs> and and the Rangers are a good team. Uh, but to to go and shut the door against NHL opponents uh, and stop thirty five or thirty seven. That's great. Now, is, does that mean he's going to be a starter in three years? No, <laughs> you know we don't know. It's obviously too far out. But um, again, it's it's always good to have guys in the system that can come up, right? Especially when you do start to look at, you know, Demko's obviously the guy, but Spencer Martin falling apart quite a yep. bit, right? That's that's tough because he was supposed to be uh, a pretty big a pretty big piece, right? Colin Delia. Yes has been fine, but up and down. He's already 28, right? He's not yeah, going to yeah. be your, your backup for the next eight years. <laughs> um, so having a guy, you know, like a sea loves coming up the pipeline, who's pretty highly touted um, is excellent, right? It's just, yes. it's a nice piece to, to throw in the mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the Martin one. So as we know, he signed to a two-year contract in the summer. So we do have him next year at 762, um yeah, yeah so uh, nothing yeah yeah nothing yeah almost minimum so what you know that's gonna be interesting parker when we get to th- this summer if if Seelovs plays like I, I truly think that they're gonna um as soon as dem goes back it's gotta be Seelovs that goes back down to help out abbotsford in their playoff push i, I don't think you keep Seelovs yeah. up here yeah so so is he gonna have enough uh chance to show or maybe they just let him battle for for next year in in training camp maybe he walks out of training camp as the number two goalie that'll be that'll be quite cool yeah it's possible i i think they they're probably safer off just having him be the ahl starter again one more year Um, because again he'll be 22 right yeah and goalies goalies are you know carter hart's the exception really of goalies coming in that early and, and being good so yeah i think i think you go with a you know uh, maybe you find another backup or you just stick with Spencer Martin and hope he figures it out yeah. uh, or Colin Delia or ex goalie off of, off of free agency. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. you can get a backup goalie for cheap. 
mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think I don't want I don't want to rush seal offs, right? I don't want to yeah. throw them in there twenty eight times next year in the NHL and have him put up an 880 and and feel like garbage, right? That doesn't really help anybody. Right, right, right. Good points. Oh, a couple of random questions if you're up for it. Did you see this whole Kuzmenko Pedersen exchange on the bench? You hear about it? I did. I did. Your thoughts? That. that was great. Um the the look like honestly props to the broadcast for getting that. That's yeah. that's good. That's good journalism. Um no, it was great. The 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 clip of Pedersen just giving him that look is it's excellent yeah and then reading lips it looked like coke but Pedersen said on after hours not sure if you saw that that he right. said he asked me if it was coffee and he said that Kuzmenko said Pepsi Pepsi brother <laughs> not not yeah. so much I sound like Hulk Hogan there more like Pepsi brother yeah whatever yeah yeah you know hey man, I'm, I'm a Pepsi guy I have no problem with that okay uh Rick Tockett um your thoughts on his job so far in the past three weeks that he's been here three or four weeks yeah, he see. I I saw the you know the back to basics practice, um, <laughs> sort of step by step, which that's got to be so demoralizing as a, as an as an NHL hockey player making millions of dollars to have to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it really does lay the foundation of like, hey, I like you guys have not been living up to what you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and and we've got to change that because sure the team's not making a push this year, but two years from now. Rick Tockett's probably still the head coach, right? I agree. Um, agree. So, you know, get it dialed in, get your systems dialed in now, right? Use this time to your advantage. You only get a certain number of practices every, every week, every month. Um, Use them, use them effectively. Um, It doesn't have to be bag skating, you know, even though maybe it would help, but you know, conditioning can happen over the summer. This should be getting everything dialed in for next year if possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I thought he's been doing he's been doing fine. Uh, again, I'm not like inspired by Rick Tockett. Okay, okay, or anything, but you know he's fine. Yeah, I do like um like Boudreaux was always uh, likable, but he, uh, he, he it was nice listening to him in his media availability because he was very personable. But he wasn't the biggest X's and O's guys. I, I know as Boudreaux talked a lot about in generalities and talked about motivating players, whereas I think Tockett. Uh, he tries. Uh, he tries to talk in a way where he he explains what he's thinking exactly. That that stop and you know start stop drill that he always talked about, or or earning trust, or wall play, or whatever. So I don't know about you. If you have had a chance to hear some of them, I really actually like it when he talks to the media because he 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 listens to the questions and he tries his best to answer in enough detail where a, a hockey guy would say, "Okay, this is kind of cool." It's not just fluff answers. And I I, yeah. I, I guess I'm leading to I. Th- think I, I'd hope that it's going well for the players too and that they can see a guy who he has his, their back in a different maybe a different way than Boudreaux but they he still has their back yeah he seems he seems obviously tougher than Boudreaux was right yeah um, but still in a fairly like supportive seeming way like he doesn't seem angry most of the time <laughs> but he seems kind of stern and yeah yeah um, and to the point on a lot of things which I think is fine right that's that's again, I it's you know, I listen to him talking like, all right, that sounds like an NHL head coach, which is good, yeah. but also I'm I'm kind of slow to be trusting at the right, like just every all the things that keep going wrong. It's like, okay, well, like, great, right? You know, you show me something before I'm gonna be all like, oh, Rick Talk is great. Um, because he doesn't really have the track record to make yeah. me excited for him. Right, um, right. So we'll see how it goes, you know, next year and and maybe the year to come. But um, I'm not too not too invested in the Rick Tockett train right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. If it's Sean Zion, Tockett looks like a school bully, and then Jasper says Tockett was supposed to help out with defensive issues, and yet we still allow four to five goals a game, which is funny. But maybe that's kind of speaking to what you led with Parker earlier: is that no matter who's coaching this, this defense they're going to be bad yeah it's a personnel issue yeah it's not a it's not an effort issue it's not a well it's maybe an effort issue but it's not a it's not a systemic issue it's a personnel issue the, yeah. they're just not good enough they're too slow yeah. um you know you have to put tyler myers on the ice for 23 minutes a night you're gonna have some problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think uh fitness he he did uh he because of his name probably he said pop's bad for you so i i I shouldn't tell fitness how much i drink but he asked do you do you play hockey parker 
I do, and I drink diet pop, so it's healthy. <laughs> great, nice. Way to make, Not way really, to make me look but, great. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it was just on my desk. But yeah, I do. That's why I look <laughs> exhausted right now <laughs> and sweaty. It's all right. It's all right. Um, actually, another thing. Well, a lot of things have happened. I guess in the past three weeks, well, three weeks is a long time in the hockey world. They named Hughes and Pedersen as associate captains, not not the captain. They took it away technically from uh, from Meyer. So now it's OEL, Miller, Hughes, Pedersen, two forwards, two D. It sounds like, and the way they're talking, the way they're asking it, and the way he's playing, and I want to talk about Pedersen for a few minutes, is it sounds like they're going to groom PD to, to hold the C. He talked about it on, on After Hours a little bit, saying that would be an honor, yet he doesn't want that to be the main, he, he doesn't, you know, he wants to play well first, and then if leadership happens. So, can you see Pedersen as a good captain, I guess, is, is my first question. What do you think of Pedersen's play in the last little bit? Yeah, he leads by example, right? He's not super loud. He's not meeting the media after every game. And he hasn't really been pushed out to be that guy, right? Bo Horvat from day one was groomed to be the captain, right? They put him in front of the media. They made him the the face. And it was pretty obvious that that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, Pedersen doesn't have that treatment. But... For a player who is on a bad hockey team and it, and has had their you know one of their best players traded away and they they can't find a way to win, he continuously just goes out there and leads by example, which mm-hmm. is huge, right? That's that's a, a big part of being a captain, right? It depends. It there's a bunch of different types of captains, whether it's you know being the guy who fires everybody up or if it's the guy who just goes out there and and plays well and all the all your teammates looking like. Well, if he's going out and doing that, like we got to do something to help him, right? Right. Um, right. So Pedersen just goes out there, puts up five points a night, and and carries the team. You know, he's he's showing that he cares, which I think yep. is big. Um, yep. You know, career high in points this year, and we're only fifty four. He's only played fifty four games. Um, you know, he's gonna he might have a hundred points this year, yep. right? Like that's what he's on pace for, which is absurd on a team that's as bad as they are. Um, <laughs> and I mean, like, who else would you pick at this point, right? He just, he right. seems to be a shoe in to me. It's so funny you mentioned the 100 points because honestly, I, I quite often find myself reflecting, Parker, on our preseason predictions. And I don't know about yours. I, I can't judge. I can't speak for yours. I just know how off I am on so many of them because I thought this team was going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure I said third in the Pacific. <laughs> I know that. They won't oh. be third in the Pacific. You don't think so? No, probably not. They are okay. close. They're sixth right now. <laughs> and then the even the PD points one, weren't we both around the 95 to 99 range? Probably. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, you don't have to look it up. I'm just, I'm just wondering. I just, I, I'm sure a bunch of them like wins and points were going to be totally off, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. We didn't, we didn't do good again. One one year we will, man. One year, and it will be. It might be next year because I'm my I'm going negative. All right, that's. I'm not going to be as as optimistic next season. <laughs> okay, so what do you? I mean, this answer might be obvious, but I'd love for you to articulate. What do you want to happen for the last 26 games of the season for the Canucks? And and say more than just lose, like. Oh, but that was my answer. Um, <laughs> no, for me, it's I, I it's on management to make the team worse. Right. Okay. If, if, if we're looking at trying, you know, they've, they've against all odds fallen to fifth worst in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they go ahead and make some big trades, right. Like San Jose can still get rid of Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer. Yep. Uh, or is Timo Meyer somewhere else now? No, he's still, he's still there. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but he'll be the next big one to go. So many, there's yeah. been so many rumors yeah. that I get confused. Um, but like if they drop Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer, then the Canucks have no hope of falling below them. So they're going to have to make some some deductions of their own, right? <laughs> um, otherwise, you know, because Arizona might do the same. Montreal is going to make might make some moves, although it sounds like they might not. But yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you have to be proactive because the players aren't going to choose to lose. Um, but if you make the players bad enough, then you don't have to. Um, so I'd like to see a full commitment to selling everyone you can yep. if it's the right time a- and it is for probably a couple players um mm-hmm. so i'd like to see something like that happen um and then i would like to i mean yeah that's really it right um yeah. i'd yeah. like to continue to see good play from Patterson. 
um, and and some losses pile up. I, I think that's really just the best case scenario for the future of the team. Mm. Justin says, <laughs> trade Besser, Shen, shut down Demko, recall Martin and send Silos down, load manage PD and Hughes, LeBron James style. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty valid though, right? Yeah. Like again, I I'm still not on the train that you have to trade Besser. Right. Because you know, you still have him for a while. It's not the end of the world if you don't right now. Yeah. Um but Luke Shen, I mean, love the guy. No reason to keep him here. So here and Parker, perfect. You read my mind. This is what who's I was gonna ask you about next because a lot of people talk about him. So maybe we're splitting hair. Some people said I want as high as a X, whether it's a second or third or fourth. Remember, Luke Shen is going to be a six or seven defenseman, not a top four defenseman on yeah. any contending team. Then there, it's not even a rumor, Parker. The story is him and his wife are expecting around trade yeah. deadline time. So do, do you do him a solid and not move him at all out of respect for him and the family? Do you do him a solid and move him early so at least he's got a chance to settle, although that's only two weeks away now? Or... Do do you say well business is business uh, you you'll get paid well you you'll you'll be okay kind of thing like that sounds a little bit harsh but you know what I mean yeah I don't what know. do you do I I think you got to talk to him <laughs> you know yeah. I I think he should have a say um, because he is a vet and and he's been good to this team I mean he's got like he's he's almost his career high in points like he's one away from mm-hmm. tying his career high in points. Um, so he's had a, a really good season. He's a plus nine on this team. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that also means that you can get something for him and yes. for the Canucks. That is, it's like the, it's the freebie. It's the, it's the old expiring UFA, right? Mm-hmm. That you're, that you, you're not going to keep. Um, however, that is a, a wrinkle, right? That he yeah. probably doesn't want to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, I mean, yeah, I think if you were going to do it, you'd have to do it like now, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to do it mm-hmm. on the due date. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty cruel. That would be um, horrible. That would be horrible. That would be a bad look. Um, yeah, a little bit. You also have to manage, you know, you want people to want to come here and want to play here. Yeah. Um, but at, at the end of the day, right, you, you, you probably do have to try to move this guy, even if it is a, a third, even if it yeah. is a late third, right? Because that's probably what it would be. Yeah. Again, it's a lottery ticket right you're getting mm-hmm. more from that than you are from luke shen being here for an extra 20 games very fair very fair unless unless you yeah you roll the dice and say that not that you trade him and sign try and sign him back you don't even trade him because you think that he wants to resign here yeah yeah but does do you get anything from resigning luke shen next year right i see what you're saying yeah Other than the declining yeah. luke shen yeah no that's gonna fair. be you know it'll be 34 at the base of the start of next season yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, oh shoot, there's something you, you said about Luke Shen that I was going to jump on that you said really well. Oh, dang it. Ah, oh, it'll have to come to me. It'll have to come to me. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So, yes, the whole expiring UFA, how tricky that is, loyalty, how well you treat a guy, what does he earn? Because, yes, we got slammed many years ago when we let Ham Hughes and Verbata walk away for nothing. Then they, they actually tri- uh, turn Burroughs and... Hansen into Dolan and Godobin, which I actually thought at the time, way back then, Parker was actually really good trades because I was excited for both of those guys. Neither mm-hmm. of them panned out. Um, didn't Dolan turn into? But it was still the right move. Yes, Dolan turned into Carlson. Yeah, who was still in our who was still in our system. So that's good. Yes, and then Godobin turned into basically nothing. Actually, yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, Godobin. Yeah. <laughs> but then this year, at least we're able to move Bo. It would be. It would be horrible if we didn't. So we got assets for him. Um, and then Luke Shen and Kuzmenko were the other two UFAs, as we talked about all the time. Kuzmenko was signed. So now we have one trade. We have one signing. So let's see what happens with Luke Shen. Maybe he makes it a 1-1-1, and he's the one that goes unsigned, untraded. And then we just kind of see what happens, which would be, uh, you make a good point, though, is even if you bring him back, what's he really doing for that money? Yeah, because yeah, this isn't this isn't a team that's going to use Luke Shen as a as a elite six D man in the playoffs, right? Yep. It's a, he's going to be 35, 36 by the time the Canucks touch the playoffs again. And you know, what's, you know, is he going to be the current Luke Shen by then? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. I think, 
I think we did a pretty good job, Parker, of catching you up. I, I, I know you were being sarcastic. You obviously knew what was going on still, keeping tabs on it, even if we weren't able to, to do shows. Um, is this kind of what you expect? Definitely, it wasn't what either of us expected on October 1st, but did you kind of see it going this way? Maybe after, as Bruce has started to lose more games and the team did under him, are you surprised at all at the way it's gone? A little bit. I'm surprised that they made, like that they're, they seem to have committed to the tank right mm-hmm. even if it's been a bit of a stealth tank right shutting guys down like yep. the uh yep. when that needed to be done although maybe it should have been done earlier yep. um you know keeping guys like you know maybe demco out longer than expected although that might just be because the recovery didn't go that well but mm-hmm. it seems that they are making moves that are not conducive to winning yeah which is interesting right the horvat trade for example they did it early which gave them an extra month of being a bad team pretty much. Right. Yeah, that was point. three weeks ago now that, that Horvat was traded. So that's a bunch of games where the Canucks could have, you know, seven games or eight games at this point, I think it's eight that Horvat's played for them um, that he would have played here. And maybe that's an extra two points for the Canucks, right? Maybe it's an extra mm-hmm. three points for the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're talking about a team that's, you know, uh, 26th instead of 28th right that has two percent less chance of of getting Connor Bedard or or is picking two spots farther down the totem pole than they were with Bo Horvat so yes they seem to be while not really you know all out saying it they seem to be making moves that are conducive to making the team better in the future Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. bit yeah 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 oh well well said um, so I have an idea, Parker, if you're cool for the last five to 10 minutes, if we go to the people can, uh, we can highlight any comments, but can I, I was actually inspired by, by Justin's, uh, comment of mess up the lines and PD with Joshua and Garland, uh, maybe I'll throw out there. I'll just say, what is, um, a creative way for the Canucks to tank? And we will highlight a few. We won't highlight all because some of them I, I already know are going to be completely ludicrous, but yeah. Maybe Parker and I, along with with other questions, we'll highlight some of your creative solutions. So what would be creative ways for the Canucks to indeed tank over the last third of the season? Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, I, it's weird because I don't know if Rick Tockett would be involved, right? Like, is this something yeah. that has to be done over his head, right? Is something man has messed up. There's the obvious ones, right? Like trade good players away. Yeah. Um, but it could also just be like weird call-ups, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, calling up like, like Phil DiGiuseppe, for example. Um, <laughs> but I don't know who the Canucks have that's like waiver exempt other than like a Pod Colson. Uh, right. You don't right. want to call Hoaglander up because he's going to be waiver eligible after a couple more games. Yeah, there's no point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no point. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm curious as to what the people think. So uh, Jaskin says, put the Abbey fourth line on our first line and make Myers and Stillman the first pairing. Irwin says, Myers as a first line center. PD with Joshua and DiGiuseppe. <laughs> You're just gonna get D Giuseppe putting up a point a game if you do that. <laughs> Call up Ratty, uh, Ratty, Aturatu and Martin send pods down. Keep starting Silovs in net. Although uh, Kempner, he might he might actually end up going 500 for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Silovs would be good to just keep playing. Honestly, yeah, because um, yeah. it's a good storyline regardless of what happens. Oh, here's some good ones that involve you. Stillman with Parker. PD with Myers and Donald Trump. I don't know where this is coming. Miller with Oman and Clay. Demko with Hughes and Shen. And then sign Miller, Parker. Oman and call- Clay, what side are you playing? <laughs> uh, with those guys, why well, I can't take center because I can't do face-offs. Um, I'm right-handed and well, it doesn't we'll matter. If- in the middle because we're trying to tank. Oh, of course. Uh, if you really want to tank, it just put me, keep me on there for 60 minutes. Honestly. Sure. Like- <laughs> sign yeah. Parker. Where would you play? Left D, right D? Right D. Right D. Oh, we need more of those. Yeah, it wouldn't be that helpful. Mm. A lot of people actually, I'm going to combine this. 60 Second Cinema says, I remember when the Canucks fans liked the Besser contract, and then someone else says, showcase Besser and Garland with PD for a week, and hopefully you can trade them. So let's go with that, keeping in mind um, the previous comment about Besser's contract. Do you think Besser or Garland are movable, Parker? I think they're movable. I think Besser is definitely movable. I agree. I, I don't think you're, but I don't think you're getting much, right? Again, wingers don't have much value, um, but I'm sure you could get rid of them. Um, keep in mind, like, he's still, he's still at 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's just, he turns 26 this week. Um, 
yeah, he's he still has value for sure. Yeah. Garland makes under five, like he makes five million dollars, and yeah. he's you know he's not doing great this year. He's going to put up forty points when last year he had yeah. fifty. Um, so, but again, I I think any team like a lot of teams would take him on as a reclamation. Um, they're def- they're movable, but you're not getting much for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Besser had a bit of a bump at under target, slowed down a little bit. He just sometimes he quietly puts on has a two or three point night with assists, and other nights he's completely invisible. It's it's so weird. It's so yeah. weird with Besser. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's Parker's, on like a he's on like a sixty two point pace. Besser, yeah, which is year. great. Like, how Parker sing the national? How Parker sing the national anthem? That's the ultimate tank. I'm not sure what that means. That would I would I would just make the team. <laughs> suffer and they'd be demoralized yet a lot of people are interested in your hockey prowess i actually think people think you can help this team what div do you play and where if you're uh, i'm in like d level like d1 d2 so it's not that good okay i still think it's pretty good all right uh 62nd at this point keep best he has no value Canucks fans like to buy high and sell low well we, we always talk about 62nd that that we always not just the Canucks fans Every market tends to overvalue their players because you fall in love with yeah. them and you think you can get the the heaven and earth for them too. Yep. Besser for Dumba. Who has to, who has to sweeten the deal with additions? I don't want to do so. that. Yeah, I don't want to. That one isn't as attractive to me either. I don't. I don't get it. I I I know the Besser to Minnesota and all that stuff, yeah, but like yeah. like Dumba's a mid defenseman. That makes he's a UFA at the end of the season, right? Yeah, like Wolf goes with you. We don't want Dumba. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have, I have no. Like he's gonna be a UFA in, in three in three months, right? Four months. Like, yeah. Just wait, and, and maybe you can pull him. But like, I don't. He hasn't been that good this year, right? He's mm, got thirteen mm. points is a minus six. It's by, been by far like he he put up fifty points one year. He's put up thirteen this year. <laughs> and he's 28 he'll be 29 at the start of next season that's yeah. not the wagon you want to hit yourself to i don't think sure sure actually i got a good topic that's in there but jasper says team would just forfeit if they saw clay on their team yeah yeah that's uh that's basically the equivalent of seeing uh an e-bug come to the in, come onto the ice okay actually this is one uh non-connects thing that we never talked about uh ryan o'reilly to the maple leafs uh basically and then I guess Tarasenko to uh, the Rangers. Both those happened after the Horvat trade. So your thoughts mm-hmm. on either of those trades? Yeah, um, the O'Reilly one yep. for for Toronto. It's interesting. Um, mm. You know, he's not a point producer, right? He was at one point, but yeah, you know, not he's got this year. Twenty points this year, but on, on a Blues team, is not doing very well. Yeah. Um, I I think he's a good piece to add it really flies in the face of what they said. Then they were like, Oh, I don't, we don't want to do rentals or anything. And they go out and, and sign, you know, they get a couple of rentals and him and Achari. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I don't know if it's enough though. Right. They're playing Tampa round one, right? That's, that's set in stone at this point. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, no one's catching Boston. They're, yeah. just, they're just fighting. Yeah. They're fighting for who gets home ice. Um, I mean, where Toronto is right now, is they are they have been so good for years and they've never made it past the first round right that's the obvious the obvious thing Mm -hmm. and they're stuck having to go against tampa bay no matter what um if you're kyle dubas like why wouldn't you push the chips in right what good does a first round pick do for the toronto maple Leafs right now other than being ammunition to try to improve your team Yep. I don't know if O'Reilly is enough to move that needle over Tampa. They're two pretty equal teams. Obviously, Tampa's the the pedigree. Um, but I get why they did it because if yeah, if you're Dubas, like I mean, you're you're gone if if you lose in the first round again, right? Because yep. you've built this phenomenal team that just can't get over the hump, um, which is so bizarre. But it's just the way it is, right? They're yeah. And they, yeah, they they make it out the first round. Though, then what? You get yep. Boston, <laughs> or you know, you're, you're, like they're the the East is such a minefield. It's so tight um, that they're just in such a bad spot. But 
yeah, if you're the Maple Leafs, you have to you have to start doing stuff. Yep, yep. And then Tarasenko to New York. I think uh, you know the Tarasenko one. It's um, my son Sean went to that Canucks Rangers game, and he said Tarasenko looked really, and he fits right in. There's some mm-hmm. some pretty good offensive firepower on that too. I actually for that one, I actually think both both teams came out okay on that trade. I don't know the, I can't remember now the exact, but I remember when I saw it, I said, yeah, I can see why both teams made this made this deal. I really do. Yeah, it was. Um... It was basically a first and a fourth, effectively. Okay. Right. Um, Any other players? Yeah. Uh, Sammy Blaze went oh, that's back right. to St. Louis. Nico right. Mikola right. went to New York as well. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a deal that makes sense, right? And yeah. this is a, one of those things that St. Louis is, was good at, where they quit <laughs> on their team. Right. Remember like two years before they won the Stanley cup, they were on the edge of a playoff spot and they traded a bunch of guys away. Um, now here, like you look at it and like, Oh, well, they're, I guess they're kind of out of it now over the last week, mm-hmm. but like they were right on the edge of a playoff spot and they're like, well, we're, what are we going to do? Right. We're not going to win anything. Tarasenko wanted out. So it makes sense, you know, ship him off to New York. Uh, he can play with Panarin and, uh, you know, that Rangers rebuild's gone really well, but, um, you know, they, they're trying to, to make some noise as well, right? It's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it is one of those sort of obvious ones that works both ways. Right, right. So three big trades then, I guess, that have happened. Um, the Horvat one starts it off, then the Tarasenko, then the O'Reilly. Um, so I guess ones that we'll keep an eye on are Tino, uh, Timo Meyer, as we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like with Taves' um, declaration that he's been suffering from a long-haul COVID, uh, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to trade him now, right? Like... Who's, right. Who's going to take him, right? Yeah. Um, he's not playing in this year. You think Patty Kane will get traded? It's interesting. He seems to be just denying everything. Like, he had the whole, like, you know, they go, they beat Toronto. He's like, yeah, I didn't really want to go to Toronto. Because he's got a full no trade, right? He can yeah. decide where he goes. Um, I don't know. It feels, it feels like everything that he's done has has stopped it from happening. And, you know, you have other teams just going out and, and like, the Rangers, for example, he, that's where sort of the main rumor was. They go, right. they get Tarasenko, and he's like, oh, well, I kind of wanted to go there. And I was like, well, you were too slow, right? You you delayed it because you're no trade, and, and they went a different direction. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, it wouldn't make sense for him to not get moved, in my opinion. You know, I think a team would – it would be a good ad for for a lot of teams. But, um, you know, Timo Meyer is obviously the big one, right? That's the – that's the one that's going to be a huge get for for somebody. No, you're right. And actually, uh, what we call it? No, no. What we call it? Kai made a good point. Um, we've hinted at it, given this draft is so deep. Yeah, you you mentioned that St. Louis got a first and a fourth to add to their own draft pick. So uh, I guess they have three firsts, which is pretty pretty good. And yes, I did forget about Tyler Mott. That was a minor trade that happened yes. over the weekend. And then Jacob Chikrin, I guess, is also on the on the trade board as well. Yep. Wow. Lots going on, man. But I think we did a pretty good job of catching up. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was good to be back. Um, <laughs> and now we have, we'll have we have a few more. I mean, next week will be good because we have trade deadline lead up. The week after, we have the actual trade deadline. And yep. then uh, and then it might get slow, but we'll see. Mm. Mm. So uh, programming note, I'm good if you're good. And we, it's funny, we're doing this in front of everyone. Next week, it'll be after Canuck Stars. So, and then... Um, but the week after, I'm actually at the the Preds game, so we either go a bit later or we'll figure something out. But we have two weeks to figure that out. Sounds good. We will yeah. figure that out. Okay, uh, we better let's get back to our last thing before we go. Uh, Irwin's request prediction. So three games in St. Louis. Oh, four. What did yeah. I miss? There's uh they play Dallas next Monday. Oh, of course, of course. So in Nashville, in St. Louis, weird to come home to Boston. To face Boston, and then again out to play Dallas. Okay, let me see. Carry the one. Okay, what do you think? One and three. Yeah, I was gonna say one, two, and one. And I think I, I think they beat St. Louis. Yeah, I'm with you. And cool. I'm I'm gonna say they they're they're gonna somehow they're gonna somehow no no they're not gonna squeak a point out of Boston. I think they're gonna get a point out of Dallas. So I'm going one, two, and one. Yeah, that sounds fair. I'd be okay. okay with that. One and three would be better. Okay, sure. <laughs> all right. Everyone in the chat saying, hopefully, oh, and four. Perfect. <laughs> Peter says, oh, you guys are all on the right page. All right, folks. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a few minutes. 
Uh, you can find Clay, Canuck Clay on Twitter, me at Parker's Pucks on Twitter, YouTube, all of those things. Clay, any parting words well, this evening? It was great to have you back. It was great to be back. We both got in from out of towners today. So, um, yeah, it was nice to catch up. And I think we're both on the same page. It might not be where we wanted to be four months ago, but we're here and we're both smart enough and realistic enough to see the path going forward. Uh, f- five other teams, six other teams in the same spot have the, are saying the exact same thing. I think for different reasons, this can make for a fascinating trade deadline and end of the season. Absolutely. Folks, thank you all for joining us tonight. Hope you all have a lovely rest of your week. We'll see you next week.